welcome to I Don't Know the Podcast, episode 57, Can I Become Psychic? I Don't Know the Podcast is now two years old, so I started wondering, what would the next two years be like for the podcast? But there's no way of knowing, unless I was psychic. So then, I started wondering if I could learn to be psychic. Well, according to the internet, I can. There are many individuals and groups out there who are willing to teach me how to tap into my subconscious to uncover all manner of superpowers. So this week, I'm striving to become psychic. Will I be able to predict the future? Will I be able to talk to dead relatives? Will Derek Okora psychically give me shit from the other side? I don't know, but listen on to find out if I can become psychic. Psychics and mediums are everywhere. They're on our TVs, in our newspapers, and in some of my local pubs that are hosting psychic nights. I always thought that people are born psychic, but not for the first time, I found out that I might be mistaken. It appears that anyone can be trained to be psychic, even me. Imagine how my life could improve if I could read people's minds or talk to spooky dead people. Wouldn't it be great if I could talk to my guardian angel? Yes, that is a real course on offer. And I would like a word with him because I have a few issues with his work. But anyway, this week, I took some courses, I did the work, and I tried real hard. Training to be a psychic takes a relatively short time. Sometimes people feel cold or tingly or like magnetic or hot. Is this a unicorn, lala, candy cane, like rainbow wonderful thing? The first thing I did was look and see if there are any accredited colleges offering courses in psychic stuff. My search immediately came up with the College of Psychic Studies. The college has a rich history. It was founded in 1884 and among its past presidents is Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. And they have a number of free videos on their website. Part of this iconic city, with its famous sites, streets and museums, is the College of Psychic Studies. This Victorian building was bought in 1925. It's in South Kensington, one of the most expensive neighbourhoods in London. It was paid for partly with donations, 
from the many grateful and bereaved of World War I who had been helped by the college mediums, and it's been home to eminent healers, mediums, scientists and artists ever since. That must be nice. At least something good came out of World War I. When the college moved here in December 1925, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle became president. Sir Arthur was best known as the creator of the great detective Sherlock Holmes. But at the same time, which was the 1880s, he was investigating the psychic field. He actually had an ongoing feud with Houdini, who was a great sceptic of all this nonsense. So Arthur wrote quite a few books on his psychic experiences, but he also travelled as a missionary to America and to Australia. And he really transformed the public perception of mediumship and spiritualism in the early 1920s. Doyle was the most high-profile believer in the Cottingley fairies. Five photos showed a child surrounded by fairies, and Doyle was convinced that these were authentic and poo-pooed anyone who said otherwise. Decades later, they were proven to be fake, and the creators admitted the fraud. The college had been set up in the 1880s by a group of eminent scholars and scientists. Their aim was to provide somewhere safe and reputable for the investigation of psychic phenomena, especially mediumship and healing. The new building provided such a haven for practitioners as well as clients that many discoveries have been made here, many authors inspired by its library, and it's been a key venue for famous mediums, healers and spiritual teachers from here and around the globe. I've been inspired by a free gaff in Kensington too. Today, as science and the spiritual are moving closer together, the college aims have broadened to reflect that change. Are they moving closer together? This college is unique. So we're unlike other institutions, for example, spiritualists, uh, who are just interested in spirit communication. We're interested in anything which happens outside the material world. And that's exciting. There's so much there. And very soon, a, a science will be proving our point that uh, life continues and that there is consciousness beyond matter. They will prove that. They're already beginning to prove that. I'm not going to hold my breath for that. They've been around for hundreds of years and they still haven't proved shit. As a result of its breadth and expertise, the college has more than 400 lectures, long courses and short courses running every year for every level of experience. There's also daily sittings in the college and online. Topics cover everything from mediumship to healing, crystals, tarot, astrology, Numerology, scrying, palmistry, and cutting-edge science. I did look at their syllabus, and I didn't see any cutting-edge science there at all. I hope they're not classing faith healing as a medical thing. Fundamentally, it's the history and experience that makes the college a trusted source for all elements of spirituality. It's a coming home, I think, for mediums who have studied spiritualism or mediums who have worked in a lot of the different spiritualist establishments. This place uh, just has, well, it has an essence. He seems familiar. Wait, that's Gordon Smith. He was on episode 56 telling Philip and Holly that he can talk to dead pets. Philip hates him. You know you're in a, a building where the greatest mediums in the world 
have actually stood and demonstrated their gifts. Some of the greatest healers have allowed themselves to channel healing, miraculous healing. And for anybody who hasn't been here to walk in this door, they're going to find out a lot more about spiritualism than just messages. They're going to find out that there's a lot of things happen here, a lot of education and also a lot of great lectures, healing, explaining things that mediums do, getting rid of a lot, a lot of the misconceptions that are surrounding mediumship. So this building uh, in itself is just a great reminder to everyone that there is a jewel in the crown of spiritualism. And if it's not this place, I can't think of where else it would be. The appearance of Scottish dead dog botherer Gordon Smith has led me to question this college's credentials, but I decided to give them the benefit of the doubt. Of course, before I invest time and effort to becoming psychic, I thought I'd better check out if people can be taught to be psychic. And luckily for me, on their site, there is a short video entitled, Anyone Can Become Psychic. Anybody could train to be a psychic and anybody could train to be a medium. The difference is training to be a psychic takes a relatively short time, six months maybe, and then people become familiar with their own psychic ability. But to train to become a medium takes very much longer. I'm not sure what the difference between a psychic and a medium is, but if being a psychic is quicker, then I'll probably go for that. I don't believe that everyone is destined to be on platform or do private sittings, but I do believe that you or anyone has the right to connect and commune with the people who have passed to the other world. We don't learn about it at school. It's not considered normal or natural. If they did teach that at my daughter's school, I would expect their Ofsted rating to plummet. Well, often people you know, come to see us and say, I've been for a sitting and I've been told I'm a medium. Or I have a, or I've been to a platform or a demonstration in a church, and they said you should train as a medium, and that actually happened to me. I had no understanding that I actually had a mediumistic quality at all, and that happened in a sitting. Um, and I hadn't had many sittings, so that happened. So there's a clue there. We can spot the other people like us quite easily. That sounds like something else I've heard about, but I'm not sure I should say it. You may be on a flight. I was on a flight once and dropped my fork on the floor in the days when we had knives and forks on flights. Oh no, she's going to start banging on about flying back in the day. Hey, you got proper food and the seats were bigger and there was no riffraff on the planes back then either. I mean, that's all true, but it's a bit off topic. And the gentleman opposite picked it up and I immediately heard a name. And it nagged me and nagged me and nagged me. And I was thinking I should say something to this gentleman, a complete stranger, so I did. And I said, do you know someone with this name? And um, he nearly fell off his seat and he said, yes, that's my wife. She died two years ago. Yeah, thanks for reminding me of my dead wife when I'm on a plane going to the first vacation I've been able to bring myself to go on since a horrifying death which never leaves my mind. But often people knew as a child that you would see granny, granddad that they'd never met, be able to, you know, describe them, know things about them, even though they'd actually never maybe shared a physical time on earth. 
and they, those memories start to resurface. That would also be quite a clue that you probably could work with spirit in that way. Hmm, maybe I can do this. I had a grandfather who died before I was born and I can picture his face now. I'm sure it has nothing to do with the numerous pictures of him in every family member's house. It has to be something to do with my unrealized psychic abilities. The College of Psychic Studies offers a very wide range of classes that I would love to take. However, I'm not sure I can justify to my wife spaffing £200 on a course called Reconnecting with the Magic of Merlin. I need something free, and I'm not worried about the quality of the material. Luckily for me, I found the Sage Community. They offer a free course, and it gets good reviews. Penny Zielinski says the course is the best thing she's ever done. I'm not sure if that says more about the course or Zoe's life. The Sage community is run by Isabeau Maxwell, and Sage stands for Spirituality, Alignment, Growth and Empowerment. Of course they sell books and workshops online, but they also have a free course that I enrolled in. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the free tools. This is the first tool. This is Ground Clear Protect and this is the foundation. This is a practice that is vital, absolutely vital. I wish that every parent taught every kid how to do this practice because what this is, is this is a spiritual practice. It's a protection practice. Protection? From what? And it's not isolation. Okay, it's protecting yourself from that which should not affect you. We are taught to lock the door, to, um, to wear clothes, I mean, to protect ourselves in the winter with big jackets. We are taught to protect our physical bodies, but we're not taught to protect our energetic bodies. We're even taught to protect our mind and to protect our thoughts and all that kind of stuff, but we're not taught to protect the actual energetic body. She's right. No one tells us to protect our body. Now, if you're not a Reiki practitioner, you don't have any Reiki uh, one or two under your belt energy work, what I want you to do is just a quick little exercise with me and I want you to take both hands and I want you to hold them up. And I want you to move them in and out and in and out. Do not touch. Don't touch in between. You may be surprised to know that I'm not a second Dan Reiki master. So I better pay attention to this. And what I want you to do is I want you to start to feel what's happening between your hands. As you're doing that, keep doing it. What I want to point out is that the energetic body is actually outside the physical body. Okay. So what's happening is your energetic body on this hand and this hand are touching and pulling apart and touching and pulling apart. And if you do this with some intent, you can feel something. I feel rather foolish. Sometimes people feel cold or tingly or like magnetic or hot. That's your energetic body. Oh, maybe I'm not doing this right. And I'm making the point this way because your energetic body is outside your physical body. All right, so when energetic things, uh, whether they be light or dark or angry or happy, when energy comes towards you, it will hit your energetic body first and then your physical body. This is a key point here. 
So people are assaulting my energetic body without me knowing about it? Things will hit you before you even know that they've hit you or before you even feel that they've hit you. And once they're in the energetic body, then you gotta work at getting them out of the energetic body. I'm not sure I like the sound of this. The day-to-day -day purpose of this protection is to keep out that which is not on your path. Okay? Not everyone's energy that you pass by in the grocery store is supposed to come home with you. Try telling my wife that. There might be an angry teller. It's always my favorite example. I don't know why. But there might be an angry teller that you check out and they're just grr, 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 grr at you, you know? And you're like, okay, sorry, I had 13 items, not 12. Um, well, if she's got more than 12 items, she shouldn't be in that lane anyway. The teller has every right to go rah, 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 huh. And their anger hit your energetic body before it hit your physical body, okay? And now it's in you, <laughs> and you're carrying it around with you. If I was behind her in the 12 items or less line, I would definitely hit her energetic body. It's people like her who think the rules don't apply to them and are the cause of everything bad in the world. She's the sort of asshole that would stand on the right-hand side of the escalator on the tube. This is causing all sorts of negative energy to manifest between my hands. For a peaceful night's sleep, <laughs> for a more uh, a space of more clarity, a space of being able to flow through your life a little bit easier, we want to set up a spiritual protection practice. And this is not, again, isolating yourself. This is a filter system. It will filter out that which you do not need. Maybe if she was more considerate of others, she wouldn't need all this protection. Being free of the drama at work. Like attracts like. If you're full of drama energy, because the drama people have been at you like this for weeks at work, like attracts like. Next Tuesday, you know, next Monday you're going to go in and it's going to be like, woof, they're attracted, they want to come tell me again, but all about this dramatic thing that's happened. I really don't have any drama at work. We don't have drama people or dramatic occurrences. So you start doing this practice, you, you might go to work and find out that the people that are all into the drama at work uh, aren't talking to you anymore. Not in a bad way, just like they know that that's not where your energy is. How do you get things done if no one's talking to each other? Also, for example, I remember when I started this practice, I stopped, you know, experiencing road rage. First off, I didn't have it myself. And then second off, I remember thinking, I haven't seen anyone have road rage in the longest time. Yes, this means that I used to have road rage. I get it. So she's a shitty driver too. Kind of what you expect from someone with such a cavalier attitude to supermarket etiquette. But I did, and so it was in my system, and I would get frustrated when I drove, and then other people around me would be frustrated because that's how it works. Like attracts like. Maybe I don't witness road rage because of the serenity I feel as I glide along in my Toyota RAV4 hybrid. The only reactions I see are the admiring glances from others. Now, before I walk through the practice itself, there's a couple key points that you need to know. Number one, please make the practice unique to you. By doing that, it will actually work. <laughs> Number two, you have to believe it's working. If you don't believe it's working, it's not gonna work. This is a belief-based practice. This is an intent-based practice. This is manifesting, this is affirmations. This is everything that you've heard, where if you believe it, it will be. Hmm, that might be a problem for me. And lastly, before we get started with instructions on how to do it, is 
know that you need to keep doing this. And at first, it's going to take maybe five minutes, maybe 15 minutes to walk through it. But then every time you do it, it will get a little faster until all of a sudden you've done it so many times that you literally can just close your eyes and it's done. What? I can't just do it once. I have to keep doing it. Also, do it in any situation that you feel uncomfortable. If you walk into a room and all of a sudden you start to feel energetically uncomfortable, especially you empaths out there. Yeah, you empaths. So, is this a unicorn, lala, candy cane, like rainbow wonderful thing where when you do the practice, nothing bad ever happens to you again? It is, isn't it? Nope. Damn it. Live a lighter life. But everything you do intuitively is based on this because when you start working in the intuitive realms, you open yourself up more and more and you need to be able to be good at protecting yourself so you can see clearly, feel clearly, hear clearly. That's, it's just, it's vital. Yeah, I get it. It's vital to protect yourself from people you've been inconsiderate to in the supermarket. It's very important. So the steps are this, four steps. First one is ground yourself. You need to ground yourself into the earth. You can imagine um, anything that really resonates with you, whether it be your feet turning into tree roots and anchoring into the earth. Um, I've heard so many, I've taught hundreds of students at this point and there's so many really cool examples that people have come up with. Uh, Fabergé, you know, Fabergé eggs coming, like wrapping around and anchoring into the earth. I mean, just- Fabergé eggs anchoring me to the ground? Which spoiled wife of an oligarch came up with that? It doesn't matter what's really important to you. For me, I keep it simple. I tie a red rope around my waist and I imagine that rope shooting down into the earth all the way to the middle and then just anchoring me down and holding me down. Um, I've heard people with uh, tubes of light that come over them and go all the way down into the earth. Um, plants growing up around them, holding them secure. I even had a student who used big steel pillars coming out of her legs and they shot down into the earth, which made a lot of sense because she was a really, really strong woman. Okay, one anchoring grounding scenario did come to mind, but it's a little too rude for a family podcast. And the trouble is, once I thought of that one, I can't come up with another one. So I guess I have to stick with it, but... I can't tell you what it is. Let's just say that I'm more than a little disappointed in myself. Second step is to clear out the unwanted energies that are in there now. So pick your element. Is it water? Is it earth? Is it wind? Is it fire? And have that element go all the way through your system. Imagine it going all the way through your energetic body, all the way, all the way through. That's not too hard to imagine. I had a late night kebab last week and the next morning I had all those elements pass through me, including fire. And pushing out that which you do not need. Yep, she knows what I'm talking about. Okay, now step three. Number one, you're grounded. Number two, you're cleared. Number three, you need to protect yourself. Okay, so create a protective bubble around you. I thought we'd already done that, but okay. You can come up with something even more creative if you want. I've heard of pyramids. I've heard of, you know, um, somebody used a, a, a armored truck. Um, I've heard of a lot of different ones. Uh, a suit of armor, whatever it is, angel wings wrapping around you. If you don't have one, start with a bubble. 
a simple bubble. Fuck that bubble. I'm doing an Iron Man suit. And that bubble protects what's inside of it. You, your energetic body is being protected by it. Make the bubble thick, you know, so it's impenetrable. And know that that bubble is keeping things out that aren't supposed to be with you, which leads me to number four. Finally. You may not realize it, but I've edited out a lot of waffle from this. It's a speech. It's an intention speech that says that which is not from my highest good is not allowed in. And that which is from my highest good is allowed in. If you want to add to that all negative energies that are not for my highest good, bounce off me and be sent back to sender with love. It's a good thing to do. It's nice to do. You know, somebody sending out some hate, send them back a little bit of love. Like when you cut someone up in your car and they beep and flip you off and you blow them a kiss. That usually works out fine. Again, you can see hopefully now that this is a filtering system for you. It's going to allow in all of the experiences that you're supposed to have. All of the spiritual connections you're supposed to have. All of the spiritual encounters you're supposed to have. But it will stop that which you're not supposed to have from coming in and affecting you. Okay, again, at least twice a day. Twice a day? More times if you want to. But this is a tool that once you use it, you'll start to see four or five days from now, you'll start to feel it. Everything feels better. And I promise at some point, you'll forget to do it for a while. And then all of a sudden you'll wake up one day and be like, why do I feel so cruddy? Booze, usually. Oh, I haven't done my protection for like a couple weeks. So. Oh, that's right. I didn't do the protection. The Isabeau's method might work. I don't know. This first step seemed to be just a way for her to feel better about herself after showing a laissez-faire attitude in supermarket queues and driving badly and being a gossipy bitch at work. There are four more steps to her method, and I've always had an aversion to programs with steps in them. I'm quite impatient. I like to be able to do things straight away, so for instant psychic gratification, I turn to YouTube. There, I found Naya. Naya is a clairvoyant who works with angels. She's also an Italian witch. She does a webinar called Awaken Your Psychic Abilities, which is over two hours long and costs $99. But I didn't really want to spend either the time or money on that. So I found her YouTube video, which has the same title and is just 17 minutes long and free. Hello everyone, this is Naya Tarrants and welcome back to my channel. In this video, we're going to learn together on how to awaken and improve your psychic abilities. Perfect, but I hope it's not too advanced for a novice like me. This video is for all of you guys. It doesn't matter the level that you are. If you're already, your third eye is open. If you don't see auras or energy fields, in this video, I'm going to cover all the information to awaken your psychic gifts. That is good news because I don't do any of that. And by the end of this video, you're going to have tools and for sure you're going to improve your abilities. If you're interested in this video, just keep on watching. All right, a bit of backstory here. <sighs> All right, go on then. I was born with psychic abilities, like I stated all the time in my videos, in the sense that I think I was born remembering who I was, which is a multidimensional being having a human experience. And personally, I think that a lot of children remember who they are. 
some children have more psychic abilities innate in them, some others a bit less, but a lot of them have them. And so that means that you have them too. I don't think I'm a multidimensional being having a human experience, but then I don't really remember much. The thing that it's different when we grow up is that, for example, when I was talking to my parents or in my environment about the fact that I could see things through my dreams, I had visions, I could see like beings and angels, so or sometimes even past, um, you know, deaf people and experiences like that. My parents were always very open, they were asking questions, but never shut down these capacities. I don't think my parents would have been open to discussing such things. Maybe that's why my abilities have laid dormant. She blabbers on a, for a while about psychic kids being shut down by society's ostracization of imaginary friends, but finally gets on to what you want to hear. And so the question here is, how can I improve my psychic abilities? A lot of you guys stick into the tarots already, but some of, you's are, some of you always ask me things like, I don't see auras, I don't see energy fields, how can I connect with my spirit guides, how can I do my, the tarots myself? And I think these are really legit questions that needs to be answered. Great. So, one of the major thing to awaken your psychic abilities is talking about the third eye. The third eye chakra is nothing but the pineal gland. The what now? The pineal gland produces melatonin, which is a serotonin-derived hormone which contributes to modulate the sleep patterns and circulations and cycles. But not only that, the pineal gland is considered as the third eye or better our first eye since ancient Egyptian culture since uh, since ancient culture sorry even for the ancient Egyptian the door to our highest consciousness oh I thought it was something completely different the door for clairvoyance the door for connecting to the divine in fact the third eye is connected as well to the crown chakra, which is our highest chakra, and it's actually the chakra that connects us the most with the divine. But with the third eye, we can surely embrace our psychic abilities. We can see beyond the veil of maya, beyond the veil of illusion. Okay, so open my third eye, not my penisy gland, whatever. And if I do that, I will be releasing DNT, a psychedelic substance. DMT is one of the most psychedelic substances in the world known to man, and so it provides this vision. And some scientists have studied that DMT is released by the pineal gland. I wish you'd stop saying that. But what happens? Not only we are influenced since we are children by our environment, like I mentioned before, but through substances and toxic substances around us or things that are not very healthy for our body, the pineal gland that can get calcified. What happens when the pineal gland get calcified? I hate to think. DMT is less and less produced and so obviously our psychic abilities drop and we don't see a damn thing. And so that's why most of you guys say, I don't see auras, I don't even know what you're talking about. And that's totally fair. That cannot happen if your pineal gland is still calcified. Oh no, I have a calcified pineal gland. What am I going to do?
why the pineal gland is calcified the pineal gland is calcified and blocked because of toxic substances in our environment uh, through the food and through a substance called fluoride fluoride is uh, can be found in toothpaste for example or in tap water does this mean big toothpaste and the water companies are trying to stifle psychics and make our pineal glands hard so how do we unlock and decalcify the, the pineal gland? We go through a detox period where we don't drink, for example, tap water. We try to drink mineral water that is pure. We try to use less and less or avoid completely sugar. Put in our table only food that is organic and not laced with pesticides that can contribute to an unhealthy body and most of all to the uh, toxifying of the pineal gland. Okay then, organic food and I imagine distilled drinks would probably be good. She goes on to tell us that only use makeup that's not tested on animals to help us detoxify our pineals and then continues. So after doing this detoxification, which should, I think will last probably around one, two months, maximum three months, you started to really have a much more healthier lifestyle that everybody's different, so it's going to be different for you. Ah, oh, three months, really? So what happens when uh, our pineal gland is finally free? We can start to open our third eye. And these are the juicy stuff that you guys all wanted to know. How we open our third eye. We can open our third eye through meditation, for example. And when I mean meditation, it doesn't have to be like I always say necessarily that you stay in a room and you do um and you concentrate on a divine source. Meditation can be unique. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. How can I justify buying expensive organic food and makeup for three months and then finding time to be on my own to meditate? My wife won't buy the opening my third eye line. And even if I mention pineal glands, she definitely gets suspicious. You can connect with nature and ground yourself. And you can do a sport that you truly like. And so you shut down your mind walking or um, walking even with some music on. But practice this mindfulness every day and connecting to a higher soul and using less and less our mobile phone surely will open your third eye. Okay, that sounds easier. But before we do any meditation, remember that we have to put an intention. So it doesn't matter how you practice meditation, the, but before you do a meditation, please put the intention, spirit guides, light beings, and angel, help me seeing you. Help me open my psychic abilities in third eye. And I promise you, they are going to answer you. And you are going to develop more and more your inner intuition. Okay then. Apart from three months detox, this is beginning to sound better. She then starts going into keeping a dream journal, but that's pointless for me since I, I never remember any dreams, ever. Trust is the third uh, thing that is very important to awaken your psychic abilities because, like I said before, being skeptical is okay, it's healthy sometimes, but you gotta trust in something. You gotta trust in the divine, in this greater consciousness, but most of all, you gotta trust yourself. Hmm, now it sounds difficult again. 
So instead of asking millions of psychic what do they think about a particular situation, starting to awaken your psychic abilities will help you discern of what is good and right for you and what is not. You will start to maybe hear some thoughts, that's clairaudience, see some vision, that's clairvoyant, or both of them, or feel something. In the pineal gland? It doesn't matter how your psychic ability develops for you, but the more you're going to trust the process and trust yourself, the more you're going to see results. And now let's skip to the fun part and the exercise that I want to show you on how to start to see auras and energy fields because that is something that I think is very practical and very easy to do and also very fun to do. Great, I'm ready. Energy fields is nothing but the visible vibration around our bodies and around everything in existence. If you are already a bit psychic, you know that these auras and energy fields are around everything and you can totally see it. Now, the auras is basically this energy field colored around the person. The color can change and the auras can tell us how the person feels according to the color. There are some scheme on YouTube, uh, there are some uh, tab tables, can you say that, on YouTube to discern the various color. Got it. So the aura around someone has a color to tell you which mood they're in. This could be very useful. Maybe Isabeau from earlier should have used this before she got in the wrong line at the supermarket. Now, the energy field is around us, and again, it's colored, called aura, and it moves in a particular way, which is something that I don't hear a lot from people. But since I have studied the way I see the energy fields around people since I was a child, I noticed that the way it moves tells me the way the person feels and sometimes what they are generally thinking. She doesn't have to go on about this. I've cut a lot out. Just tell us how to do it. For example, I noticed that if you see around an energy field that it's very close to the body, we can totally say that the person is unsatisfied or feeling very stressful. The more the energy field, and I'm not mentioning the color, but the movement, the more the energy field grows from the body, the more this person is connected to their higher self and higher consciousness and it feel, it is feeling in a vibration of love and peace. Again, I can do a totally different video on to discern the various movements of energy field for what is my research. Yeah, leave that for another video. Just tell us how we can see it right now. But for this exercise, here is what you need to do. Even maybe if your pineal gland is calcified, you're going to struggle a little bit, but let's try anyway. I have a feeling it is, but yes, I'm still going to try. So... This exercise, you can try it with me on camera or you can invite a friend over. What you need to do is place this person in a stable background. It would be better if it would be like white or neutral, but in this case, let's try it this way. And you have to concentrate on my forehead. Try to imagine a dot in my forehead. And what you need to do is lose and lose focus the more and more and more until you're going to see my image very unfocused okay i'm doing that what most likely you are about to see in a couple of seconds is an aura an energy field something around my body concentrate and lose focus of your eyes losing focus is the key here nothing yet and now tell me what color do you see around my aura 
comment down below to tell me what color do you see and I'm gonna answer to those people who actually guessed it right. Also, tell me if you see any movement around my body. To try to, uh, to do this exercise also through the movement of the energy field. Again, comment down below. I'm gonna reply to the people that guessed it right. The comments below the video have a variety of answers. Some say white, some say purple or dark blue. Even white with yellow and orange tinge. It's a bit hard for me because I suffer from the crushing disability of color blindness. In fact, it's one of the last disabilities that people still think it's fun to mock. And you can practice this exercise with your friends, like I said before, the more and more and more. And that is a way to awaken your psychic abilities. I think if I suggested practicing this, they wouldn't be my friends for long. The colors of the auras are many. You could possibly see red, that is linked to our lower chakras. You can see yellow, you can see green, you can see blue, and you can see purple, and even muddy colors of this range. Again, practice, practice, practice. It doesn't matter how much I practice, I'll still never be able to see green. Other things to awaken your psychic abilities would be also the use of tarots, and especially if you're a beginner of oracle cards, and connect them more and more with the divine, and asking for signs and synchronicities to confirm that what you're seeing is not you going crazy, but you're actually seeing something that is real and tangible. Again, if you want more videos like this, where I teach you how to use the tarots, how to read the energy fields, and more spiritual videos, again, comment down below, and I would love to do them. No, I don't think I do want any more videos like this. I guess I'll just have to accept that I'll never be psychic. The thing is, I wish some others would accept that as well. Episode 57. Can I become psychic? The epilogue. So, what have we learnt this week? We learnt that dead dog-bothering Scottish psychic Gordon Smith, hated enemy of Philip Schofield, works at the College of Psychic Studies and seems to have a rather high opinion of himself. You know you're in a, a building with the greatest mediums in the world. We learnt that Isabeau Maxwell seems completely oblivious to how her non-compliance to basic human decorum can rile people up. But there might be an angry teller that you check out and they're just grr, 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 grr at you, you know? And you're like, okay, sorry, I had 13 items, not 12. And we learnt that my lack of psychic ability comes down to one thing. My ageing, calcified pineal gland. The pineal gland is considered as the third eye, or better, our first eye. So despite studying and watching and practicing with all these free videos, I'm still not psychic. But they all have pay-per-view stuff that will almost certainly guarantee I can become psychic. The College of Psychic Studies has hundreds of them, which might explain how they managed to keep their building in Kensington. I think the overriding factor that's stopping me becoming psychic is a complete lack of belief. Maybe it's just belief that makes them think they are psychic. They can't all be hideous psychopaths like Sylvia Brown. Psychics have been around for hundreds of years and in that time there hasn't been a shred of proof to suggest that any of them are real. The late great James Randi even offered one million dollar prize to anyone that could prove their powers and it was never claimed. 
It's just tricks and cold reading dressed up as being mystical. And that's what Darren Brown says too. Whether it's Derek Akora feigning possession and assaulting people, John Edwards cleverly editing his show to take out the misses, or Yuri Geller doing whatever the fuck Yuri Geller claims he can do. So, can I become psychic? Sadly, no. Thank you to our new patrons who are Todd X, Sean Watson, Mike Henry of Bandology with Mike and John, Amelia Childs of Ghost Hunting in New England, and Jamie Miller of Surf City Bake Shop Huntington Beach. Also, thanks to our graphic designer, Raymond Rowell of Project Raven Creative. Thanks for listening and tune in again to find out what else I don't know. i